This is Carla Lin, and you're listening from Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody. So Matt Hoagland here. Um, one, I think this will be the final interview from Sync. Um, I'm with my friend Carla Lynn. And so, have to go out with a bang. Right, go I out with a bang. I can do this. I can go out with a bang. We got this. Okay. So I have to tell you this crazy story. So I met Carla two years, not, not last year at Sync, but the year before. And so I was hosting the Miller's Lounge. And you had come out to hang out with us, and we had, like, free beer or something mm-hmm. like that. And we were talking about pricing and sales. Yes! Oh, my gosh, yes! <laughs> and I so, remember that. It was, and, Joe was there. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so um, we were talking, and you, and you said, you know, I, 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 want, I want to figure out how to sell my albums better. And we were mm-hmm. talking about this, and I was like, and you were talking about how good, you know, just like what you were doing. And I was like, well, sounds like you got it all figured out. And then I said, how many albums do you sell? And you said, you said, I don't know. I sell them to like 80% of my clients. And I was like, why are you talking to me about sales? If you're selling your albums to 80% of the clients, you probably should be teaching everybody here. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I do it, remember that. And so it's, it's one of those things that I just think, you know, obviously, you guys do really well in your business. And I think you're more humble than, than you probably should be because I know you guys really kick butt. So anyway, so I just... Thanks for being on this interview. Um, I am so excited. <laughs> I know, and and Carla said she's never done a podcast like this. No, so, so I'm, I'm just gonna mic. I feel like I'm a big time person, <laughs> but this this is good. Okay, I'm just gonna throw curveballs at her left and right, so that she thinks that's she doesn't know what's coming. Anyways, okay, I introduced you. I, I don't I know you from here, but tell us like tell us about your studio, where you're from, all that stuff. Tell okay, us, so um, I guess I will start with. I'm from Bolivia, South America, and mm. I have lived between both countries my whole life. I am bilingual. I speak Spanish and English. Should we do this whole thing in Spanish? I can't speak that much. Spanish. I can do that. You can try that in no. Spanish. Let's see if anybody understands what we're saying. Probably not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know enough Spanish <laughs> so, to keep up with you. Um, so I am bilingual. Lived in both countries. Um, I am hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. I have lost more of my hearing progressively. Um, started about thirty percent. Now I have less than ten percent left in both of my ears. And when when did it when did it start? From birth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's nerve damage from birth. Okay. So you may catch my slurred speech at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hear it now. So when I hear myself and I do videos, I'm like, oh my God, do I really sound like this? But anyways, so it's a good thing I don't hear myself right now. I'm just right. like talking to you. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better it's, than yeah. that. Um, so I, but I do need to listen to this podcast once you play it back. But anyways, okay. <laughs> so um, I, was in Bol- uh, I went to Bolivia to do high school. Uh-huh. And then um, I actually got pregnant with my son uh-huh. when I just started my junior year of high school. So I'm 17 years old, just starting. And I went to a private school, and they told me I would not be able to stay and graduate with my senior class. So uh-huh. I um, finished my junior year, got my credits early, and I came to the States with my baby, a suitcase, and my mom came to help me, mm-hmm. and I was 18 years old. And where, where did you move to when you got I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. My is, that, brother, is that where you still and are? And that's where I still am. Okay. Yep. I came. I, yeah, I was 18 years old when I moved here. My brother lived in Nashville. Um, I needed a male figure in my life to just kind of mm-hmm. be there to help me get through it. And I was determined to come and give... Sebastian, a better opportunity. That's awesome. I wanted him to have a chance. And um, he's like 24 now or something. He's like 23. That. <laughs> yeah, that, that's he's awesome. 23 right now. And so um, I had him on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. So I have to share that because it wasn't really one of the prettiest seasons of my life. Uh-huh. And um, 
The Lord gave me a blessing. He yeah. truly blessed me and showed me that He was there with me in the midst of it all. Yeah, that's so really cool. I am 18 years old, no senior year, three jobs. Um, I worked doing data entry, I worked doing retail, and then my third job was at Chuck E. Cheese at nighttime. So once I put Sebastian to sleep, I could go clean the bathrooms in the restaurant so I could have free tokens and free pizza to take him. <laughs> so I have to share that story because it is how I met my husband. Uh-huh. Um, and so he was my boss. Don't ever date your boss. Yeah. Anyway, I dated my boss. And, <laughs> at, Chuck e, um, at Chuck E. Cheese. And so anyhow, I married him. Uh-huh. We have been now married for uh, 20 years. We're celebrating 21 years of marriage. And I um, have another son. So we have another son. My husband ended up adopting Sebastian at the age of three. Cool. So that was really um, a big thing for us. Uh-huh. Does your husband speak Spanish? No. My child does not know Spanish. No, but does your husband? No, my husband's a gringo. He's American. <laughs> White boy, no Spanish. Okay, okay. But he does know his name in Spanish. That means I'm mad at him. <laughs> so right, he does know that one. Yeah. Um, but no, no Spanish. My kids don't know Spanish either. We just stuck to English, which shame on me. I know I probably shouldn't have done that. But you know what? I'm not perfect. I own it. Yeah. So it is what it is. Okay, so then how did you end up in the photography thing? Okay. How that happened? So I, um, I started, my kids were little. Mm-hmm. We're going to Disney World. Uh, my, mom, my husband's like, you need to get a camera. So he gets me a digital, like, one of the first Canons, um, Rebel XTI or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I had. And uh, we go to Disney World and I take a million pictures. And he does that so that I can delete the ones we don't like so that he's not spending a fortune on the film, right, which right. is what we were doing. Yeah. And um, I didn't even really realize that I had this talent. And so um, I just like taking pictures of my kids on the trip. And then our son played Little League. So we started, I would take pictures of him playing baseball. And then just posting them and sharing them. And people would literally say, hey, can you do my child in sports? Can you do my family photos? Mm -hmm. So I literally had the title of a mom with a camera. Right. Yeah. So I'm taking you way back. Right, right, right. Because now I know that's not the case anymore. You're like, you're kicking butt Um, now. No, it is not the case anymore. I was a mom with a camera for a long time. I did it part-time. I did it on the side. Mm-hmm. And um, I kept the Little League portion because it was a good gig that I got where I just photographed the kids while they were playing their ball games and stuff. Yeah. But I ended up having – I worked full-time. So I'm taking you to about 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I worked full-time. And I'm actually managing a medical practice. Mm-hmm. And so I have a great title, mm-hmm. like – 25 employees. I answer, I work with my doctors and my nurse practitioners. I dress really cute every day. I have authority, title, everything that people would say. This woman has got it. She's successful. Right. And I was broken. Yeah. I was empty. Mm-hmm. I actually thought I didn't want to stay married anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to. I was going to allow my family to become broken. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to walk away from that to find myself. Yeah. And I was already doing photography on the side, but it wasn't a full-time thing. Yeah. And so I can you honest... You probably didn't consider yourself a photographer at that point. Like, um, Yes. I did yeah. consider myself a photographer, but kind of like the shoot and burn photographers, because sure. you know, I was charging $75 for all 150 <laughs> fully retouched images. Right, right, right. Because, you know, I felt like I had to do a lot to give them for their money. Yeah. Because, you know... I thought they need a lot of images to get something of value and worth. And so, um, so yeah, I consider myself a photographer in quotation marks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, I hit rock bottom. I walk away from that. And I kid you not, the Lord uses this 
talent he had given me all along that I didn't know to restore me, mm-hmm. restore my marriage, my family, and say, we're going to do something different. And so I decided to then pursue photography full time. Okay. So we're about 10, 11 years now, 10 yeah. years away, uh, okay. ago. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I have people telling me, no, you can't. You can't make a living at it. Um, it's a hobby. Right. And so I'm like, oh, just watch me. Yeah. So, um, and I had to try. I had to give it my all because at the end of the day, I felt like I needed to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I did everything I could and it yeah. didn't work. Yeah. So, but, it, but obviously it has worked out just fine. It has. It yeah. has. I have, I mean, I worked out of my home for a while. Mm-hmm. We did that for a couple of years, but then we quickly got tired of having cereal every single night because we had clients coming into our home and we couldn't have it smelling like taco night, you right, know? Right. So there were a lot of limitations. Um, so I decided to find a space, brick and mortar space, retail space. Mm-hmm. And my husband was freaked out. He's a numbers guy, analytical. Everything needs to add up. Everything needs <laughs> right. to make sense while we're doing it. And I'm like, no, we have to just try this. So I had agreed with him. Even if I didn't earn a paycheck for three years, I had to try this. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, we got a retail space. And immediately my husband realized... Yeah, she can do this. This is going to work, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was there for three years, had shared space with two other photographers, and then realized I like being alone. <laughs> I like being in control yeah. of my own space. And so then um, I went through this place where I asked my own self a lot of questions about who I was as a person, yeah. what God wanted of me, and how I needed to manage the gifts that he had given me, and then decided to take the leap and go by myself into my own space, where yeah. I have been for the last three years. Awesome. So, yeah. And you do mostly high school seniors, is that true? Um, I do. I do just high school seniors, pretty much. I do Little League still on the side, okay. but I do high school seniors. Um, for the last three years in a row, we, I've done 140 seniors, so yeah. they're non-contract seniors. Yeah, so you're doing just fine for yourself. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So did I talk too much? No, that was perfect. I, I did talk too much, right? <laughs> Somebody tell me I did. <laughs> okay. So the next question is just like, what's working now in your business? So like when you think about your business, what's working now? What's working out? Like yeah. What's working good? Um, I'll tell you one of the things for me has been just being authentic, my authenticity, being mm-hmm. real and sharing that to my street team. So my model program, my street team program that I have has been very, very successful for me in mm-hmm. my area. It started really as a marketing thing, trying to reach out to the kids in the schools because in my area, all the schools have a contract with their school photographers. So sure. I can't go and drop off any brochures or any information. So I had to decide how I could get my name out there. And so at first I created my street team yeah. um, because the, my clientele is not model-like material, so yeah. to speak, even yeah. though the definition of models is really changing in the industry. Yes. Um, but, you know, not like blonde and tall. Yeah, blonde, tall, you know, size zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's not my client. Yeah. My client is a girl that is quirky. Mm-hmm. That is um, struggled with social anxiety, mm-hmm. may even have depression. Mm-hmm. Um, my girl is the one that is walking down the hallway and nobody glances at her. Yeah. My girl is the one that doesn't have a prom date. So we're trying to figure out how to let me be her prom date, but the school is not letting me get in. So I have <laughs> right, a problem right. with that one because I'm not 20, I have to be under 21. Dang right. it. Right. Anyways, um, so that is my client. And yeah. so I have. 
these group what started as marketing for me with these mm. group of girls has really turned into so much deeper. Yeah. So it's building more relationships and teaching these girls that it is okay to be who they are yeah. and teaching them to be authentic and true mm-hmm. and to know that they are enough. So um, Well, and I can't imagine that they don't get looks in the hallway um, and dates and prom dates after they have pictures taken by you. Cause I've seen your work and it's excellent. So they probably get a lot of, a lot more attention after people see their pictures. Cause you're, you're right. You're probably, you're right. Yeah. Um, they don't realize how I see them. So I have mm-hmm. to show them to, and show them and teach them to see themselves differently. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think is so, um, is so they just do all the chattering for me. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So let's just let, let you're not talking too much. Uh, so let's talk about the industry. Okay. Um, and just general, like, what are you fired up about in the industry, or what? Where do you see the industry going? Or talk about the industry. What do you when you think of the industry? What do you think about? One of the things that I do love about our industry is I feel like we, especially having been here at Sync mm-hmm. and hearing the speakers that we've had here, is really about the connections with the people that it's about, um, how we making them, how we're making them feel. Sure. And to me, that's just so much more important than other stuff. The lighting, yes. And all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it really boils down to what is the impact of that photo having on that person? What kind of impact are you having? So I think that to me is huge. Right. Um, I worked really hard to come out of the digital world. Mm-hmm. into artwork and products for the home. Because at first you were just a turn and burner. I was a shoot and burner. $75. Yeah. <laughs> right. Carla Lynn, $75. Yep. Well, 150 <laughs> images retouched. <laughs> we all want that deal now. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is I have had a client, I have photographed all three of her children through that entire span. Her first child was at $75 shoot and burn, mm-hmm. and the last child spent $4,000. Right. Isn't that amazing? So... So talk about so talk about your journey in terms into products and stuff. Like into that. products. So yeah. um, you know, when I first started, I was shooting bone. I didn't know that there was a whole world out there to pricing. I didn't know that I actually had to charge more. I could charge for things. I just I don't know. I lived in my little bubble of I just didn't know there was more to it. Yeah. But I started going to conferences, educating myself, asking people, mm-hmm. learning. Um, I think that's really important that people need to continue to do in the industry. I don't know that we have enough of that. I think some people, some of us think we just know it all and we don't need to keep learning. I don't think anybody ever stops learning. Right. And when I, we're at Sync right now, and it, it's so interesting because you see a lot of people like here that have been around forever, and you realize that you're sitting next to them in the class. They, they're, they're still learning. And so you hope that you continue to be like them where they're in the industry for 25 years and they're still learning. Absolutely. You know? I don't think we ever stop learning. Yeah. If we think we have stopped, if we think we know it all, then we become way too overly confident about ourselves and someone is going to be better than us at some point. Right, exactly. Because we never stop well, learning. And if you don't stop learning and changing, you'd, you'd still be at Chuck E. Cheese. And I'd you, be still at Chuck E. Cheese, cleaning the bathrooms. I know. And you wouldn't be Carla Lynn. Hey, I was Chuck E. at one point. The- that was pretty cool. I right. love being Chuck E. <laughs> the kids would start crying and run off and it was the best thing for me just to chase those children. <laughs> like the worst nightmare yeah you probably anyway they probably I had fun doing that stuff they probably still have nightmares about they you still do. <laughs> they're like they're all like they're like your son's ages they're like in their 20s and yes, they're probably they are. they're probably telling their friends right now there's this lady dressed up at chuck e cheese and she would chase us that's yes, all, that's, that would be me <laughs> um but changing for me going from digital images where my clients were not printing which ironically that story i just told you of that client had 75 dollars yeah. td once i did her other two children and i had transitioned to products she hands me the CD and says, um, I need you to order prints for me now. Right. I was like, oh my. So to me, it was like, oh my gosh. 
got yeah. to do this. Um, and even my own brother had taken a photograph that I had taken of his girls in Cancun, and he went and printed it off at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. He had it setting in his home in 8 by 10 And I walk, I came over to his house, and I look at it, and it looks blue. Yeah, it was green or blue, yeah. Green, blue. And I look at that thing, and I went, if my own brother did it, all he had to do was ask me, and say, hey, just order me an 8 by 10 Yeah. No, he went to Walgreens and did it. So if he did it, then why would, I, why would, why would cu- anybody else do it differently? Yeah, yeah. So then it was my image, my time, my work, my effort, my talent, my passion. It's green and blue. Yeah. Like, I can't have this. Yeah. So to me, that was a turning point. And then um, I literally just took a leap of faith and walked away from it, because, thinking that they really wanted the digital files, which they don't. I, I think they want the digital files because they feel like they want to have something forever because these are important to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want the digital file as a product. Most of them, but you know, but think about it. Like when you purchase something, you if you could have all the products and then also know that you always have them. I think there's some power in that. You know, like you never know when you're going to need them again, and you know, you might, yeah, in like, in like 20 years from now. Um, so I think that, I think it's like a, a peace of mind. You know, might be. Like, and you're probably right. Um, you know, I I do not to this day offer any digital files at all. At all. So I can tell you my business is still on no digital files. We give our clients the app, Mm -hmm. which has the images that they bought a prints on with my my logo on it so they can post in social media. Most of them are just one, especially the seniors. They just want it so they can post it, you know, for selfie Sunday, throwback Thursday or whatever, you know, how many days of senior they have left. Yeah. That's what they want it for. Um, No, I have every image I have ever taken still because my husband has like three or four servers all backed up and everything. So, you know, if one day the Lord has something in store differently for me, we will contact every client. And at that point, they can have the opportunity to purchase them. But right now, I still have them all. And they have products. That's awesome. Okay, so this next part is called the lightning round. It's called the what? Lightning round. Okay. So it's... They're just kind of quicker questions. You don't have to go into tons of. That means don't talk much. Got yeah. it? No, you can. You, I'm you good. Talk. I got you, Matt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm putting okay. him on the spot. This is awesome. So, so the first question was, what was holding you back from becoming a full time photographer? And I think you talked a little bit about it, but like, what was that like when you were making the transition? Like, uh, um, what was holding you back? Well, I think fear. Fear is the greatest thing. Didn't know if I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, people are telling me you can't make a living at that. That's a hobby. Right. Um, and you were like probably like thinking, yeah, you're probably right because I go work for two hours and I make seventy five dollars. This, you know, you're like, well, that's thirty five dollars an hour, but you know. But it's really not that. Yeah. So I think, um, but yeah, it was it was really fear, fear that kept me from doing that, and then also. Um, Believe it in myself. Yeah. I felt like I had to conform to what the clients wanted. They're like, I want a session here with this kind of couch, and I want glitter, and I want all these things. And sure. I felt like I had to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. But when I finally got over that and said, no, this is what I do. Yeah. If you want it, great. If not, go find somebody else. Right, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, And your style is awesome for sure. Um, okay. So if you had $1,000 right now, if I give you $1,000 and you had to buy something in the photo industry, what would you buy? $1,000. I'll be honest, totally honest and transparent. Uh I'm not the person to ask. It's my husband. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He is my techie guy. Yeah. Um, He is the one that takes care of everything and keeps keeps up with all of that. So you would be like, what do we need? And he would... Um, when I, so I guess I can say when I was starting my business out and I didn't have a lot of gear at first, I would say, hey, honey, I want a lens that can kind of do this. And I would describe the kind of 
imagery or the kind of like sh- I wanted like a shallow depth of field or something. So he would do all the research on the type of lenses and equipment. Cool. Um, I'm blessed. No, I think uh, I, th- I think that's a good answer. Yeah, no. I um, it's him. He's the one, and I have more. I mean, God has blessed me with everything that I need, and you don't even need a lot to do what you do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so but then I give you that same thousand dollars. What would you not buy with it? Like, what do you think? Is not worth a thousand dollars. What do I think is not worth a thousand dollars? I think what have I bought that's been a piece of crap? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gosh, I just find a way to use anything and everything. Mm. Um, oh wait, go back. You know what I would buy with a thousand? I'd buy leaf blowers. You would? Can buy. that work? Yeah. Can that count? Yeah. I so you would. So my, you would buy. Leaf I blowers. would. Yeah. Yes, I would buy lots of leaf blowers. I love my leaf blowers. <laughs> is that terrible that I just said that? No, no. Leaf blowers are so great for seniors. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think, what would I not buy? Um, dang it. That's all right. You're going to have to come back to me I on know, that one, man. I know. It's, that's fine. It's fine. Okay, so next question. What's the best advice you ever received? Best advice I ever received. Can it be kind of a question that something was asked me yeah, that wasn't yeah, an yeah, advice? Yeah, no, yeah. So I would definitely say Rachel Martin. Um, okay. I got to spend a week with them when I did Texas school years ago. Like how long ago? Like five years ago? Like, uh, let me think. Um, it's you, you, don't, you don't have to be the exact Seven date. years ago? Okay. About seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was a turning point in my business. Okay. She basically asked me, what's this all worth to you? Okay. And When what she is- said, how much money did you make this year in sales? Uh-huh. Is this worth it? What's this all worth? What do you need to make? And do you remember, do you remember what you were making then-ish? I, I do remember what I was making then-ish. Yeah. I think um, you know everybody's embarrassed when you have a successful studio kind of tell you that. Then that year we had done like 60000 in sales. Yeah. And then, and so what did you think when she said, um, is this all worth it to you? What'd you think? Um, my response was when I looked at how many hours I had put in, yeah. how much time I had taken away from my family. When you take account into all those things, yeah. that number sounds really good. But when you really break it down, it's really not. And you realized you were making like minimum wage. Yeah. 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 Um, I said, no, I'm not making enough. Uh-huh. And so she said, well, how much do you want to make? And so then I had like my little stepping and I said, well, if I could do like, Hundred and twenty-five thousand, I'd be happy. Right. And she's like, "No, let's make it two hundred. And right. I was like, "Okay." So what? And so what? So what did you start? Because obviously that's a mental shift. So then, what did you start changing, like to uh, get to get there? Well, you know, I I started think. I, what changed was I, my why was my kids, my family. Mm-hmm. So it was I'm going to charge more money so that I don't have to do some. I can work a little less, spend more time with my family. Um, we have a son that's about to go to college. I need to take that financial burden off my husband because he's the provider of the household. Sure. I want to take care of that. I want to travel. I want to work hard, and I want to play hard. Right. So that dollar amount shifted into my way of thinking with how, how much I was charging. Well, yeah, because then at the same time, if somebody doesn't want to pay you a lot, then you're like, well... I'll just go hang out with my kids, you know. Oh, absolutely. Or, or pay me so I can send them to college kind mm-hmm. of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was. And I did get a lot of people that, well, what do you mean this much? And I'd be like, this is just what I charge. Yeah. So when you can learn to stand your ground in what you believe in and what you're worth, it works. It, yeah. it will work. And if the client doesn't hire you, then they're not your client. Right. Let them go. That's awesome. Okay. So what's one personal habit that you contribute to your success? So what's something that you do that you think, Makes you as successful as you are. 
part of it, I guess it would be just more of a character trait for me. Also, I'm very personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very I am, I want to know people. Yeah. Like I get into their space and into their life to know people. Yeah. Um, I think everybody longs for relationships. Everybody longs to be heard and listened and valued and appreciated and, and just going like, I am so thankful for you. Yeah. So that is something that I do. I don't ever let a senior go, feel like she's just another senior. Right. Because there's a lot of that. And I have to be careful. I do 140 seniors a year. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, so you can make them all feel like they're just one out of 140. Yeah. Come on. And I don't. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's so interesting, like... I know everybody at this conference loves you, and you're so you're so personal. Nobody knows me. What are no, you talking no, are you about? I'm like so unpopular. Uh, oh. Hey, I'm okay with that. No, it's okay. I'm unpopular. I'm like the quirky kid. Nobody knows me. No, every, it's okay. everybody loves you. And so I'm going to tell you this really funny thing. So when okay. when you're getting to know somebody, one of the things that you always say, like after you tell a couple quirky jokes, is that you say like, "I see you over there." And so like when I see you in the crowd, like at sync talking to people, and you start like getting all loud and riled up, I'm like, "Oh, here goes Carla again." She just <laughs> made a new friend because <laughs> as soon as as soon as you make that connection then they like they're like yeah tell me more and you just get and all then I, just, I guess i'm just so like you can read it all over my oh, face yeah. oh yeah uh, my husband's like honey you can't hide it are you this way with your client i'm like i think so i don't know how else to be <laughs> yeah no no you're awesome and, and everybody knows who you are here and they all love you so just so you know oh. um yeah Maybe they don't come up and talk to you because you talk so much. Maybe that's, maybe maybe that's that, it. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. But I promise you I'm a good listener too. I right. mean, that's why my kids love me. I listen to them, but then I do talk to them. Yeah, that's fair. Because this podcast now is going on four hours. I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally joking. Dang. <laughs> okay. We're almost actually done. Um, so recommend like an internet resource or something that you use online or something that inspires you or that you tend to go to or something like that? Well, I can tell you when I started my business, um, Mm -hmm. I would try to do some of the creative lives that they had. I really, really enjoyed that. My struggle was being here and impaired. I could not do two things at once. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a downfall that I have. Um, I literally can't really even listen to very many podcasts while doing stuff because I have to to read things. Mm -hmm. So... um, if I had no, if I had all the time in the world and attention, I would be all about like Creative Live or any podcasts and stuff because I do love it when I can do that. The education stuff, love so, the education. So, so when you're at a conference here, like, is it just hearing aids and it's loud enough that it's okay? Is that the deal? It is. It is. Um, I do go home much more drained. Yes, because I am. I'm having to work twice as hard to make sure I can hear everything uh-huh. and understand everything. So it is draining. Um, it is overwhelming, especially when everybody's hanging out and you get a lot of people talking. It's very hard for me to hear and listen. Yeah, that, but that makes sense. this conference is my favorite because mm. Dirty saves me a spot up front. Yeah. And then you got to be like the center of the attention is what happens. Because you, you don't think anybody knows who you are because everyone's behind you. Um, actually, somebody <laughs> said yesterday, uh, who's this called a Lynn? She's got papers in the white chair. Like, who is this person? And you're, and you're like, I will, I will talk to you and meet you and you'll never forget me kind of thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay. Uh, a book t- that you'd want to share? Are you a big reader? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I love to read, but life got really busy and I stopped reading, but I've made myself start reading again a lot. Okay. So, so what, what um, book would you recommend? Obviously, the book last year we had from uh, John Acuff when he mm-hmm. came, the finished book. That was a really good book he had. This year, I read a book by Bob Goff called Love Does. Yep, I read that too. Um, I love that. And yeah. I just finished reading a book called The Book of Joy. Okay. And it is with, and I know we're not supposed to talk religion, no. anyway, um, <laughs> but it is with the Archbishop 
and um, the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. So you have the Buddhist and the Catholic, uh-huh. two worldwide leaders spending a week together, and it's an interview of both of them. Oh, cool! So does it read like an interview, or how does it how does it read? Um, it's it shares moments of them back and forth, so uh-huh. it does have some of that, but it also has the interviewer's perspective of what he sees oh, and the okay. relationship between between these two leaders who have two different beliefs, but yet at the end of the day, they have the same common goal, which is to love people, yeah. to share joy, to have peace. And I'm telling you, even as an artist and a photographer, that's what we're all about. Right. Like We just need to love everybody. Love the people in our industry. Love our peers. Love the other photographers. We're not here to bring anybody down. There's more than enough business for all of us. Right. And so I just, I just connected with it at such a deeper level. Yeah, yeah you a, have that, to read that. So book. it would be so interesting. I think that dynamic is so interesting because those two men are, you know, world renowned and really highly respected. And I could, I could only imagine the amount of respect they probably have for each other. Oh, you know, completely. Like. You would just you would just assume it's like there's conflict there and there's not at all. Oh, there's not. But you could you could just imagine them sitting in a room like just pouring into each other, trying you know, like listening and stuff. That would be and really they cool. are and and you have to read the book. Yeah, because it's very interesting too. The Dalai Lama doesn't get a lot of physical touch. The Archbishop hugs him. Mm-hmm. So it talks the the interviewer talks about seeing the Dalai Lama receive physical affection. Yeah, and how it how he perceive how it, he receives it. Yeah. Um. And I guess in their culture, in the Buddhist culture, they can't dance. Mm-hmm. And it's his birthday, and the archbishop gets up and dancing, and <laughs> Dalai Lama gets up and dances with him. Right. So he does something that's completely against his religion. Yeah. But it's okay. Right. So I don't know. Just really powerful. I'm I'm just into books that are uplifting. Yeah. And um, becoming more empathetic people. Yeah. Caring people. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really loved uh, Love Does oh, by Bob Goff. Like, well, I and it was love like, him. well, I, it was so good. And, but it was also like, I, I wanted to read it, but then it would just, sometimes it would just make me so sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was a, such an emotional book, like, not sad, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it was just so emotional that sometimes sadness comes out of emotions. Just cause mm-hmm. someone, it was just so good, anyways. But, you know, I'm, Sadness is not always a bad thing. No, exactly. That's the best. And way I to think describe that's it. what we need to change our perspective. Because even as artists, we have a we are emotional people. You're right. Like we are deep people, and when we are not appreciated or we don't feel like that, we feel like we're no good. Right. But we can come out so much stronger. Yeah. It's just how we choose to see and how we choose to walk through that journey. Um. Yeah. Great book. If you ever can meet Bob Gulp, because I met him at church. He came and talked. He mm-hmm. is. The bomb. Really? And he's so quirky. He laughs at himself because he knows he's quirky. He doesn't <laughs> care. He owns it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And my son came, both of my boys came with me and they looked at me and I went, Mom, you're kind of like Bob Gup. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> I can be quirky. I don't care what anybody else thinks about right, me. Right, right. This works. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I've heard really good things about him, but I've never had a chance to meet oh, him. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so tell us how people can connect with you like online. Like, how do they follow you? Um, so the best way to see what I do mm-hmm. is on Instagram. Okay. Um, that is where my seniors are. That is where I am. And what, what's your Instagram handle? Just my name. Carla Lynn. Carla Lynn. Okay. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No fancy name. And, yeah. your, and your website is? Um, I do. I have a website. It's uh, com. So okay. my latest, I keep that current. So all my senior work is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but definitely on Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of Instagram stories, and I try to keep them very authentic and real. I think too many of us try to paint the perfect, pretty picture of life in the box, and so yes. I'm kind of here to be the rebel and break that, yeah. and show my double chin and show the like it's 30 degrees, we're freezing our butts <laughs> off, but we're making this work. Yeah. So I really do a lot of that. Yeah, because um, that, well, that's I, that's your brand. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then I hate Facebook. Yeah. I but know. we do Facebook. I but to, I hate Facebook. I, I was like, hey, I'll send you a Facebook message about this podcast. And you're like, just don't. I'll never see it. Don't do it. <laughs> you're like, just send me an Instagram. I'm like, all right, yeah. fine. Yeah. My, uh, my staff will take care of Facebook for me. A lot of the moms are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the seniors are what are driving the business right now, not just the parents. Like, if you ask who heard about you, it's the seniors that say, hey, mom, we're going to this person. Yeah. So I'm investing more of my time there. Yeah. Like, the parents get veto power, but the kid's making the decision, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And, and they'll get what they want. Yeah. But what's really interesting, too, when it comes to the ordering session, though, they're the ones that are trying to dictate how the parents are spending their money. I know. Now. I know. So, like, then I've got to step in and go, now, let me tell you something, little Matt. <laughs> right. Um, you're only 17 years old, and you don't know what the impact of this in the long haul yeah so don't worry you'll get your images to post on social media not that we give a crap about how many likes it gets or how many <laughs> comments it gets because right. i don't care about that right but it's for your children it's for your mom it's yeah. for your grandchildren right. so then at that point i should put him in his place and yeah. i kind of let the parent kind of step back in yeah that's i need what, to stop talking these questions are supposed to be short We're no no this is so great long. well no i mean this is like a normal link podcast as, is it? as much information as you're giving like it's normal so okay um okay so just one last piece of parting guidance you could give photographers. Like, what would you tell them? Just advice. One piece of advice. Um, gosh, there's so many. One of them for sure would be, I think photographers need to be a little bit more open-minded about willing to learn from other peers and other people and go into conferences. Sure. I feel like a lot of, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, again, let me rephrase. I live in my little bubble, so mm-hmm. I don't follow a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. Yeah. I'm taking care of my clients, and I'm taking care of my family, right. and I'm trying to do a little bit of self-care with whatever time that's over. <laughs> right, right. Because we that, that, totally... So that would be a piece of advice. Give yourself some self-care. Yeah. That is a but piece that, of advice I do have for photographers, because we tend to become last on everything else, especially as women. Not that I'm saying men not also, yeah. but a woman is a mother, a wife, trying to have so many other roles and take care of their clients and then there's just nothing left we are so depleted mm-hmm. um but that is something self-care would be one for sure and then also would be just being a little bit more open-minded i feel like a lot of these young the younger industry they feel like they just know it all or they can't learn from any of the seasonal photographers of those yeah. of us that have been in the industry because maybe we're a little more outdated or whatever i don't think that's the case so i think they should be willing to learn a little bit mm-hmm. well and i think as i've gone through the industry what i've figured out is maybe at first i wasn't even i wasn't ready to hear something from somebody that was been around longer than me so that was one block but then also as i thought they were irrelevant and then you realize like okay when i talk to somebody i don't have to learn about them when it comes to business they can just teach me about shooting absolutely and so just take them take what you can learn from them you don't have to learn at all you know absolutely and then go to somebody else that can talk to you about that you're interested in hearing about the business side or the lighting side or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. you know, pick and choose, but be open-minded. Don't just put everybody in a box and say, they can't teach me. Yeah. No, I think, I think everybody can learn from somebody. Like yeah. I said, I'm even here and I'm still learning. Yeah. I don't think we ever stop learning. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, thank you so much for being oh on gosh. the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I did my first podcast. podcast. Uh, I feel like so important. I know. <laughs> thank so, you. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on it. Um, so, yeah, we're here for, at Sync for a couple more days. So let's have a good time and 
Absolutely. So thanks everybody for tuning in. That's Carla Lynn. Check her out online. She is amazing and you have to follow her. She's being humble right now. She's like shaking her head, but she's really awesome. One of the reasons that Allison and I come to sync is to see Carla, honestly. Mm. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.